struggling, he was still a sinner, but he learned that, that sinners should run to Jesus. And he learned to do that more quickly, uh, with, with more abandon than he did in the beginning of his life. He learned to, to jump out of the boat. All right, this week, this week we're looking at a, a similar concept. This is kind of the habit of Peter. Peter will do anything to, to walk with Jesus. And he makes professions that he, he wants to be with Jesus. He, he says to Jesus himself, he says, like, if everyone else abandons you, I will not abandon you. Lord, like, where else would I go but to be with you? That's the heart of Peter. And this week, that's going to take him out of the boat once again to actually walking on the water with Jesus. To walking on the water, to be with Jesus, to be by his side. But we're also going to see something else that's true of, of Peter, is that... Um, is that he, he wants to be with Jesus so, so much, but he struggles to actually do it. That his fear, his doubts, his lack of faith, they keep him from actually fulfilling a lot of these vows. That as much as he wants to be with Jesus, he struggles to do it. And that's the reality in all of our lives. That as much as we, we make these vows to be with Jesus and to, to follow him, our, our lack of faith often keeps us from doing it very well. And so we're going to see uh, what it looks like to follow Jesus, what it looks like to, to walk on water, and what it looks like when we, when we struggle to do that and when we fail. So let's pray, and we'll jump into it. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that we get to walk with him, that he invites sinners to walk with him, um, not because we are so good, but because um, he has been so good to us and because he has paid for our sins. And he has washed us clean. And Father, I ask that, um, that we would follow you wherever you would lead us. That you would, we'd follow you to the, the valley of the shadow of death, if that means being with you and walking with you. And so, Father, would you um, give us eyes to behold Jesus? Would you give us the faith to follow him? And would you give us um, joy in doing all of that? Father, speak to us through your word, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's turn to Matthew 14. Matthew 14, uh, and we'll read of Peter walking on water. So Matthew 14, we're going to read verses 22 through 33. 23 through 33. 22 through 33. Um, and the context here, Jesus had just fed the 5,000, and, uh, and we jump in immediately after that. Matthew 14, verse 22. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowd, crowd, crowds, <laughs> he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea, but when the disciples saw he was walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, 
Why did you doubt? When they got into the boat and the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Alright, so, this is Jesus. This is Jesus. Uh, in some sense, he's a very, he's very normal. He prays like you and, you and I are called to. He, he is God, and yet here he is. He's praying. He spends the evening praying, but that means he's separated from his disciples. So what does Jesus, the God-man, decide to do? Jesus just decides to, to walk along the, the Sea of Galilee in a storm to go catch up with him. All right, this is Jesus. All right, what do we do when it says that Jesus walked on the water? What does that really mean? All right, there are, there are passages in the Bible that are, that are metaphorical, that are not literal, and shouldn't be taken as such. This is not one of those passages. All right, so there's been all these, like, oh, maybe Jesus was just walking along the shore, and the, the disciples just got confused. It was raining, you know. Or he was walking on a sandbar that they couldn't see. He was skipping from rock to rock, you know. Uh, no, it's, he's walking on the water. Now, I recognize it's hard to believe that he was walking on the water. And that's where we have two options. We can make up kind of these, these goofy things and say, well, they were just confused. They're just ancient Near Eastern people. Um, no, there's a category for Jesus that's different than the other categories. That if Jesus is the God-man, then we need to let him be the God-man and do things that we wouldn't expect him to do that we, we don't really understand. The disciples are the same way. All right, the disciples have a category for the people walking on water thing. No. People aren't supposed to walk on water, and they didn't expect them to. So they filled in the blanks however they, they could. And what do they say? They, they start screaming. The disciples saw him walking on the sea. They were terrified and said, it is a ghost. Because that's what they expected. That made sense to them. That what things can walk on the water? Ghosts, because they're not material. All right, I just tell you this because... At some point, you're probably going to be told, oh yeah, the church is just going to ask you to, to check your mind at the door, to believe silly things. Like, No, we expect you to believe supernatural things about a supernatural person, Jesus Christ. And that if he is God, he's probably going to do things differently than we'd expect him to. And do more amazing things. And we don't get to just throw that out. Alright, so. He's literally walking on water, but... There's also a deeper significance here. So as much as that's true, this also is true that it means something to be walking on water. That the symbol of, of water in this culture uh, kind of had all this deeper meaning. That this was a place of death. The sea was a place of chaos. It was a place of destruction. That the Lord had to create land because he couldn't live on the waters. And here is Jesus just walking through suffering and death and chaos. And not only is he, is he not dying, he's, he's perfectly fine. Now it's a picture for us of, of who Jesus is. That first of all, he's, he's not mired and he's not destroyed by, by chaos and suffering and death. That he goes to places and, and does not die there, he lives 
it's also a, it's a really good picture of Jesus. That when, when Jesus came to the earth, what did he do? He came to walk on water. He came to, to be with people in suffering and chaos and death. That he was with people who were mourning. He was with people who were, had leprosy. He was with people who were outcasts and, and rebels and rejected by society. And if you're looking for Jesus, you should find him there. That you're likely to find him walking on the water before you're going to find him in the comfort of the boat. That that's the kind of savior that we have. And so that's, that's where they find him. In the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. All right, what do we do with that? So imagine, imagine you are, you are a disciple. You're a disciple. You're standing in, the, in your boat. And Jesus, Jesus goes walking by the water. All right, what do you do at that point? What do you do at that point? I, I, don't, I have no idea what I would do. All right. You, maybe you wave to Jesus like, hey, <laughs> come on over. Or uh, like, we'll meet you there. Like, see you later. I, I, don't, I don't know. You don't have a category for that either. Um, all right, I would not do what Peter did. Because what does Peter do? Peter, in his, in his general Peter fashion, Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. All right, what was he saying there? Why was he saying this? Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. All right, first of all, what this is not. Uh, some people think this is like a test of Jesus. That he's saying, like, well, Jesus, if, if it is you and not a ghost, then you should make me walk on the water, and that would prove it. All right, that's not what Peter's saying. And if that was what Peter's saying, he's an idiot, because then he gets on the water, it proves to be a ghost, and he drowns. You know, like, that, it's, just, it's not a good system for testing Jesus. Uh, he's kind of doomed to fail at that one. Uh, so instead, instead, what is Peter saying? Peter is, is asking, like, like, really, if that is you, like, I, I want to come. Call me to come to you. If that's you, I want to be with you. All right, so I was trying to break down that question. What was the heart of Peter in that question? Why did he want the Lord to call him that he might walk on the water? Now, I'm judgmental, so immediately I went to like the worst case scenarios with Peter. All right, he's, he's going to show off. That he's going to be the cool disciple who like wants to get out of the water and be the only one and like waving to the people on the boat. All right, that, okay, it could have been that. All right, maybe, maybe he's going out there um, to compete with Jesus. Like, well, I guess I can walk on water too if God can do that. So like, I'm going to go. Uh, and I realized that was my own heart because that's what I would, that's why I would be on the water is to like make this show of myself. But I don't think that's why Peter went on the water. Because if that was Peter's motivation, Jesus would not have told him to come and walk on the water with him. All right, there's other people who asked Jesus uh, for really stupid things. All right, the sons of thunder, the sons of Zebedee, they, they go to Jesus after these people don't believe, and they're like, Lord, do you want us to rain fire down on them? And what Jesus rebukes them, says no. All right, if Jesus doesn't want to, you to do the thing he's acting, he'll tell you no. But in this case, Jesus actually does. He says, he says, come. 
Like, yes, that actually is a, is a good desire. You come to me. So I had to reassess, okay, what, why, is Peter, why does Peter want to walk on the water? Because he wants to be with Jesus. He actually wants to be with Jesus. That between the choice of staying in the boat, away from Jesus, or walking on water with Jesus, he would rather walk on water with Jesus. He'd rather go into the storm. He'd rather go into the destruction and the suffering and the toil so that he could walk with his Savior. I think of, I think of Remy. All right, Remy, Remy wants to do everything that we do. Uh, not because he's selfish or because he's like competing with us. No, because he actually likes us and so he wants to do the things we do. So Casey vacuums and like he has his own vacuum that he insists on vacuuming next to her. Like not very well, but like effectively enough. We'll take it. Um, all right, like he used, to, he used to eat eggs and then he stopped me eating egg burritos. Now he eats egg burritos. Like he like try, he has to, he has to hold it and then he puts the eggs in it and then takes a bite because they all fall out. You know, it's not, not very successful, but he does it. If I'm, if I'm like laying on my side, he comes and tries to lay on his side too. And like he's straining and it's really uncomfortable for him, but he wants to do it. Because he like, he wants to imitate, he wants to be with me. He wants to be with Casey. That's a kind of a natural desire to be with the ones that we love. And that's, that's Peter's heart. That's probably the best attribute of Peter is that more than anything, he wants to be with Jesus. And does that mean doing the impossible? Does that mean doing the things that he's scared of? Yes. But he's going to be with Jesus. All right. That's a heart that we should have. That's a heart that we should have. And the hard thing about wanting to be with Jesus is that Jesus often is in the places of suffering. That he's with the weak people. He's with the people who are shamed and who are broken. He calls us to follow him to places of suffering. And sooner or later in your, in your journey with Jesus, he's going to ask you to follow him to places that you don't want to go to, that you know are going to entail suffering. And at that moment, we're called to, to follow him because we want to be with him. That if we want to be with him, we're going to go in and enter into those things. Now, I know that some of you have already done that. Many of you have already done that. You've entered into the suffering. You've walked onto the water. And you did it because you wanted to be with Jesus. You knew that he was calling you to those places, that he was commanding you, and he was going to sustain you through it. I know many of you have done that. Now the question is, what do you do when you get there? What do you do when you get there? Now Peter, Peter had no problem. He, he got into the boat, or got, he got out of the boat, and he didn't immediately sink. If his heart was to, to, to make a show of the disciples, to, to make a display of himself, to prove how, how glorious and he was in his faith, I don't think he would have, I don't think he would have stayed under the stayed on top of the water for very long. But as long as his eyes were on Jesus, he wanted to get Jesus, he wanted to be with Jesus, he does it, he walks along the water. But then once he gets there, what does he do? He looks, at, he looks down at the water, he looks at the wind, and he immediately starts to sink. All right. He really does do this. Uh, verse 
Verse 30. When he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? All right, at some point, we stop looking at Jesus and we start looking just at the situation. And we start recognizing how impossible it is that we should endure the suffering. We start looking at the wind. We start looking at our enemies. We start looking at all the potentials for failure. We forget that we were there because we could be with Jesus. And the second we make it about all these things, we start to drown. We start to sink. And I think at that point, this is where it's really sad. At that point, we tend to say, well, I never should have gotten out of the boat in the first place. And we accuse other people of that. They shouldn't have gotten out of the boat. They were just being presumptuous. Why did they get in over their heads? They should have, they should have just stayed in the boat where they belonged. All right, that is, not the, that is not the moral of this story. The moral of the story is not, don't try to be like Jesus. He's God, you're not. No, Peter was supposed to get out of the boat. He walked on water. He was with Jesus. The thing was, he wasn't supposed to take his eyes off of Jesus. The thing that made us think was not like, the stupid Peter getting back in the boat. Is it? he stopped looking at his Savior. It stopped being about loving the Savior and being with him and walking with him side by side. And suddenly he wasn't dependent upon the Savior anymore. It was him standing on the water trying to survive and he sunk. Jesus doesn't say, you know, you should have never gotten out of the boat. He says, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And that's where when we go to be with Jesus, we have the Savior six inches from us. He's not going to let us drown. He's not going to let the wind overwhelm us. He's going to sustain you as long as you're looking at him and he's looking at you and you're, you're with him. If you feel like you entered into things and you're in over your head, keep looking at Jesus. That Jesus called you into that place to be with him. To be with him because that's where he is. But what do you do when you, lo you lose your faith? You stop looking at Jesus. You stop believing. You start realizing you're doing the impossible. Alright, at that point... You've, you've lost your faith. How does Jesus respond to those people? I think we expect him to say, well, you don't have any faith anymore. You're, you're done. No, what does he say? He, he rescues us. He pulls us out of the water and tells us, why did you doubt? You had no reason to doubt. I'm been, I've been here. I've been there the whole time. I, I was the one who got you here. I'm going to make sure you don't sink. And then, in his grace... He walks us back to the boat, sticks Peter back in the boat, calms the storm, and makes everything good again. All right, that's how he responds when we, have lack, when we lack our faith. It's discouraging when we see people say like, well, if I lose my faith, then of course, then, then there, there's nothing to save me. I'm saved by faith. No, you're saved by Jesus. And Jesus will pull you out even when your faith is lacking. Even when you are weak. Even when you are sinking. You cry out to him and he is there in a second. 
immediately, as the passage says. All right. Now, one last thing. Why do you want to get out of the boat in the first place? I think if Jesus had just been this guy who, who walked on the water and was kind of just floating above the water, was better than us, and was calling us like, yeah, come on out here. It's, it's fine. You have nothing to worry about. Uh, we wouldn't want to go to him. I think in some sense we wouldn't trust him. He doesn't, he didn't really experience, he doesn't understand that we're going to drown and he's not. And that's where Jesus did, did more than we would ever be asked to do. Jesus suffered more than we, he ever asked us to. That Jesus, Jesus walked on water and he also drowned in that water. That he knew that if he was actually going to enter into our suffering, he couldn't float above the water. He was going to have to go down to the grave. And we have see this metaphor that the cross is, is Jesus going down to the depths. That he experienced hell, hell for three days. Separation from God. That he suffered that way, you will never have to. That he knew that's where you were going to go and he went there ahead of you. And whenever you go into suffering, no matter if you go into death itself, you will never end up there. You will never be separated from God. You will never be rejected by God. You will never be condemned for your sin. That he loves us and he did that for us. And now when you enter into any suffering, you have that safety net. That Jesus is there with you. That Jesus has already found life out of death. You will be good. You will be okay. Now Peter, Peter had an opportunity to do that. He had an opportunity to, to go with Jesus to the cross. And he said that he would. And he ultimately fails to do so. He gets scared and he runs from Jesus. He denies him. But later, later on in his life, he does go to the cross. He is crucified. He follows Jesus as, as he vowed to do. He goes to the depths. But Jesus, or, or Peter right now, Peter right now is, is standing before his Savior. That death did not defeat him. That even when he sunk down, he, he cried out, Lord, save me. He is standing in glory right now. And if he could speak, he would say, I, I should have trusted then. I should have trusted when Jesus went to the cross. I should have gone with him then. But I, I went with him in the end. So I'd, I'd encourage us, be with Jesus. Go with Jesus. He will sustain you. He will lift you up. You cannot be defeated. And super practically, super practically, do whatever you can to look at Jesus. Alright, if that means you need to spend time in prayer, pray. Pray and talk to Jesus. If that means you need to read your Bible so you hear Jesus, you need to read your Bible. If that means listening to sermons so that you hear about Jesus and you remind yourself that you are in love with Jesus first, do that. Do whatever you can to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. 
Because otherwise, you're going to be looking at the storm, you're looking at the wind, and you're going to sink. Keep looking at Jesus. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, I ask that, oh, I, I praise you as the one who is full of mercy and grace. That even in our lack of faith, you, you save us. That, Father, you don't ask us to go anywhere but where you have gone already. That you have gone to the grave. You have gone to the depths. And now you, you call us to walk on water. Father, I ask that we would have joy in walking with you. That we would love you. That we, the suffering would pass away before our eyes because we are, we are gazing at you. We love you and we are with you. Father, we confess that when we are trying to, to walk on water, we are really just treading water by our own steam. And that we are we are trying to do the impossible ourselves. And so, Father, we confess that, we repent of it, and we ask that you might sustain us. Give us the faith that we lack, and give us a greater love for Jesus, that we may go with him wherever he goes, and enjoy his presence. We pray in Jesus' name. It's your breath.